You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Monday, August 15th. And as always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly and certainly today, not always the most, Javier Reyes. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at LO underscore Padres if you want exclusively Padres-related tweets. You can see whatever shirt I'm rocking, which today is a, a cool little 3D glasses shirt, courtesy of the, the small site FilmCred, which I highly recommend. I contribute there every now and then with my pop culture writing. Follow Lockdown Padres on YouTube, guys. You know, you know, you know what the deal is, okay? You know what the deal is if you're tuning in, okay? If you're listening, if you're watching, let's just jump right into things, guys. It was, I was set up for a good weekend, you know. It was, it was good. I, I, I was happy with. I got a couple video games that came in for myself, and I was, I was going down to visit my friend in DC, and to go to the Padres game on Saturday. I packed my El Nino shirt, you know. I got my stuff. I even brought my Nola hat because why not? I really like that hat. You know, the things things are going well. Things are going well. It's it's a little bit of a long drive, but you know, well, we make it there. Me and my friend, we go. And about like a like an hour and a half or so. Hour, hour and a half before we arrive in DC. You got you get the Jeff Passan notification, right? I said, Oh, that's interesting. Breaking, it says. So okay. Well. And then I see F-E-R-N-A-N-D-O. You know what I mean? I see the beginning of it. The worst possible thing that could have happened, ladies and gentlemen. Fernando Tatis Jr., you've probably heard the news by now, suspended 80 games by Major League Baseball for testing positive for PEDs. In this case, it was something that I don't really know if I'm going to pronounce correctly. Clustable. Clostable. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, here's the thing. There are a bajillion different ways to tackle this. There are a bajillion different feelings to have about this situation. When I saw it, my first reaction personally was just tremendous disappointment and, and rage. And I really do think, as someone who is always talking about on this show and throughout life, that fans oftentimes need to get a grip, right? They need to stop acting like that that the that the world revolves around them and that they are owed so much more just because they pay a ticket. That means they can yell and they can boo their play. I think sometimes fans are out of control. After what has transpired for the Padres, you have 2020, breakout season. Tatis runs the planet. He's on the cover of MLB The Show. Then... He's got a, a shoulder issue. He's got a shoulder issue. But he's still great. And then you go out there and you have the biggest collapse in franchise history. And one of the biggest collapses in MLB history, really. I mean, the San Diego Padres in 2021. All right? You don't get the surgery on the shoulder. Okay, okay, okay. Then you have the motorcycle incident, obviously, that everybody's talked about. You also had the Manny Machado argument, which everyone has talked about. And everyone has talked about more ever since we got this news drop. And then it's, oh, 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 which motorcycle accident? 
And then we have this. Right after the team trades for Juan Soto, right after the team trades for Josh Hader and Brandon Drury and Josh Bell and extend Joe Musgrove, can't forget that. They're gearing up for the playoffs. We're living. Yes, they got swept by the Dodgers and it looked bad, but the team has improved. They're going for it. It's a great moment for baseball. Padres fans are thrilled. My phone is exploding with all the joy. And then my phone on Friday exposed for all the wrong reasons. I do not blame any Padres fan for whatever kind of feelings you have right now. You know why? Because even players and the GM, AJ Preller, my daddy, obviously, I have said this before, I want him to burn me at the stake. I want him to remove my spine like the Predator. I saw Prey this weekend. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool movie. I recommend it. It's on Hulu. Um, Players did not mince words when talking about Tatis, which is what I think is a key part of this, right? One person that spoke was Mike Clevenger on the situation. And his words, he said, you know, in one part at least, this tweeted from Dennis Lynn, it's the second time we've been disappointed with him and you hope he grows up and learns from this and learns that it's about more than just him right now. Very telling words. Really quickly, Mike Clevenger, I will say, hey, um, you know, some people rightfully brought up, hey, this is the same guy that like broke protocol in 2020 for no reason and then got suspended. Well, he later, like later on mentioned that saying, look, as someone who's messed up before. So he did address that. He didn't just throw stones from glass houses, right? Joe Musgrove speaks. He's a young kid. He's going to learn his lessons or whatnot. But ultimately, I think you got to start showing a little bit of remorse and you got to start showing us that you're committed to it and you want to be here. Manny Machado spoke on it. Go, I don't even want to like say his comments because the energy of his comments is what's most important. Kind of just being like, hey, we haven't had him all year. And I'm paraphrasing now. He, he had a tone of, well, what else is new? Uh, he's acting silly, and we thought he was going to come back and be a spark plug, and I guess not, and we've got a hell of a ball club, so we're going to keep going. Kind of like a, yeah, all right, whatever. I wasn't expecting to have him. You know, almost that type of edge to it. I was listening to the Ben Woods show um, out in San Diego. love those guys. And they were mentioning how much we may not know that players do know about Fernando Tatis because these aren't the type of comments you make when someone is a, a super belo- universally beloved player in the clubhouse. At least that's my imp- impression. And don't get me wrong, I've had players, I have issues with the players seemingly just always defending Eric Hosmer, right? Even though he's terrible on the field, right? And uh, the off-the-field stuff matters with him, his leadership, all the stuff, that matters, but not to the point where we just excuse the poor play. So I do have problems with that. And in general, I have always had a problem with baseball culture, and that oftentimes I find it that when I hear someone might be a lot a clubhouse problem and maybe doesn't get along with people, I question it when it comes to baseball. Because with baseball, we've seen not too long ago, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. might have been a, a clubhouse thing because he's getting into spats with, with, or not spats, but he's not getting along with Freddie Freeman. Usually I don't trust this sport. And you know why? Because it turns out part of the reason of that is because Freddie Freeman doesn't like him wearing his hair long. He doesn't like that his hair is long or that he has eye black. What? 
and, and the chains and all that. Okay, so you just don't like, that's a culture problem. You know what I'm saying? Where you get off, Freddie Freeman, saying that. But in this situation, Ronald Acuna didn't, doesn't have like a, a track record history of what Tatis has already. There's actual evidence for me to be like, I actually can understand how people may show animosity towards Tatis and may make these little comments. It's not them coming out after he hit the 3-0 home run. It's them coming out and making these comments. And AJ Preller too, right? AJ Preller's comments. I'm going to pull those up really quickly. This is not like they're reprimanding him for things that usually in traditionally baseball culture, Major League Baseball, reprimands their players, especially players of color, for doing, right? This is actually someone being a buffoon in the case of Tatis. We're already like 10 minutes into this show. To have, I, I, I'm just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. But before we continue going, before we continue going, I just got to take a quick second to let you know about LinkedIn jobs, ladies and gentlemen. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team. You don't need people getting caught for PEDs. You don't need people that aren't going to be there. You need people that are going to show up and help you find the right people for the future, for the now, for the task at hand, whatever. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you out there, guys. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Find the right people to hire. There's screening questions. You can focus on the right people. You can sort things. It's really, really great. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. LinkedIn jobs, it helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Did you know that? Pretty cool fact. 40 million. That's a lot. That's a lot. Nearly as much as, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis is going to be making probably over the next year or so. You know, pretty nuts, right? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. Ladies and gentlemen, that's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We got to keep moving because I, I have so many thoughts on this. I, I literally think that we're probably going to be spending multiple episodes on this. Probably. I don't know. Depends how things go. <sighs> AJ Preller made some comments over the weekend as well. I do not remember the last time it felt like we got comments from not just the GM, but multiple players, the captain and Mamani, our boy, important players all over the place. AJ Preller said, it's very disappointing. He's somebody that from the organization's standpoint, we've invested time and money into. When he's on the field, he's a difference maker. You have to learn from the situations. We were hoping that from the offseason to now that there would be some maturity. And obviously with the news today, it's more of a pattern and it's something that we've got to dig a bit more into. I'm sure he's very disappointed, but at the end of the day, it's one thing to say it. You've got to start showing by your actions. Let me be very clear. I want to reiterate traditionally and usually I am someone that when it comes to players being reprimanded right in baseball that I am very shaky because I just know the history of this sport there were probably people getting mad at Bryce Harper because he hit the home run off of Strickland and didn't immediately run down the line you know what I'm saying like stuff like that and then that causes locker room weirdness right I'm just saying I'm just saying but this is just 
I think I think AJ Preller put it perfectly. It's a pattern, and it's really frustrating. On top of the money and whatnot, and by the way, the money and contract, which is a, a little bit more complicated, I think, in certain respects. But it's just a reminder that you can't always rush to things, right? I saw some people on Pirate Stories saying, you know, forget Tatis. Uh, Soto's the face of this the team now. Extend him. And my thing's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have nothing. I don't have any evidence or whatever of Juan Soto being anything like what Tatis has done off the field. But I feel like it's a mistake to immediately say, let's now do another giant 14-year contract. You know what I'm saying? When from the same people who are saying we need to void the Tatis contract. I do not blame people who are feeling that way. This is this is rage. This is frustration. I get it. I don't think they should do that at all because also it's really hard to get contracts voided. You know what I mean? It's like very hard for that to happen. He would have to have another situation. The MLB Players Union would be on his side, which they should be, and they'd be losing it, and it'd just get really ugly. You don't want to do that. But it's just, you know, I see this, and AJ Preller, like, probably only found this out pretty early, like, like maybe, like, several hours before us, like, the same day. And I think that's probably why he's, he's annoyed. I wonder, and th- th- just hear me out, I wonder if, like, does he do all the trades he did on the deadline if he knew Fernando Tatis Jr. was going to have this, right? I don't know. I still think it's the right move. Let me be clear. I love the Soto trade. I think it's you got to make that 10 times out of 10. But is it possible that you know you might have this troubled issue with your superstar shortstop that maybe you're like, all right, we want to keep one of those super prospects we gave up. Maybe an Abrams because he's a shortstop or maybe an, an, a second baseman potentially or an outfielder, right? They might use him in the outfield. We don't know for sure, right? Maybe they want to keep Hassel. Maybe they want to keep Wood. Maybe they do that knowing that Tatis is going to be out. And maybe that means they don't get Soto, but maybe it means that they go after uh, Ian Happ and then they get Austin Hayes of the Orioles. They they rebuild their outfield a little bit. Maybe they still get rid of Eric Cosmer, all these things, but they maybe keep one of their golden egg prospects knowing that this Tatis situation is, is going to gear up. I don't know. I'm just saying that that's probably why I'd be pissed if I was a GM. If I went all in and I was going to be like, we're recreating the goddamn 1927 Yankees because Tatis is going to come back and you've got Soto and Manny and Drew. Oh, well, we lost Tatis. One of the five, probably five best players in baseball. And there's no way you can put him there now, given his off-field stuff, given his injury history. And clearly, I just do not think players make these comments. If he's more respected, and Grant, let me repeat, I get it. I get annoyed sometimes that those people go out and defend the heck out of Eric Cosmer. I know. I see Blake Snell doing it in those little pre, like the spring training or like early regular season, those social media videos that the Padres were doing, where he's like saying that's his guy, that Haas is my guy. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, it's, it's just so frustrating, right? This is not just Charlie Brown getting the football pulled out from under him. This is, spoiler alert for The Departed, movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and all those folks. This is like when you think that the rat gets caught, right? And Leo gets back to the office and all of a sudden he's taking Matt Damon and bop, he's gonzo. That's what that felt like on Friday, getting that notification. getting Just getting murked in the face in an elevator and just being shocked the whole time and then sad. That's what it felt like right when things were going right. It's funny, actually, for Slate, um, 
which may or may not be, depending on my my listenership, necessarily a publication that everybody frequents because it's it tends to be very left leaning. But Alex Kirshner wrote about, you know, very well, I think, about this whole situation, and I agreed. And one sentiment he added onto is how much one, of course, this happens to the Padres, and two, the sentiment that. This is really bad because we want this to succeed for the Padres. I'm the Padres host. I get it. Okay. I'm going to be saying, of course, it's great for baseball for the Padres to do well. But he pointed out, look, when it comes to kind of the overall uh, TV market and the market in general that the Padres have, they're on a similar level, right, to the Cleveland Guardians, right, to the Oakland A's, who is the Kansas City Royals, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Cleveland Guardians and Cincinnati Reds. And those are all organizations that have just seemingly never gone after these and they hide behind the idea of we're a small market and we don't want to pay and do all these things and we just retreat and whatnot. With the exception of the Royals out of the teams that I mentioned there, those are the teams that haven't been in the playoffs in a while or even won a World Series in a while, right? The Padres losing here, it, it kind of attests to the fact that we should be rooting for the Padres because other teams don't do this that are in the Padres' position, they don't go for it. And this is going to be, if especially if it ends up biting them in the butt, which, you know, I don't know if it will, but it's it's a shame because then it proves those people right. You know, and it proves them right that you shouldn't go all in, that you shouldn't pay your superstars, that you shouldn't do all this stuff because then look what happens, right? It's just so massively frustrating and disappointing. Um, yeah, when he comes back next year, it'll be relatively early. Right. But I really think that it speaks volumes that nobody on this team, that even Mike Clevenger is coming out here and being like, this is ridiculous. And it's it's sad. It's sad. It's it's really sad. But if you feel annoyed with Tatis and again, this is not even has to do anything with how you view steroids. My super crazy perspective on steroids is that I personally think that I don't understand what a performance enhancing drug means. I know that the players union and. MLB, like, they determine which ones are it. But I'm wondering, like, what what is performance enhancing? You know what I mean? Like, I just wonder sometimes. I'm not going to necessarily go as far to say that an Advil that makes your head feel better, which will help you probably play better, is performance enhancing. But I'm just leaving that out there for you guys. I sometimes wonder that. This isn't about that, right? This is about just bottom line, how are you not following the right rules? I understand that what his excuse was, right? The written excuse, the... Ringworm. That's been the thing that everybody... So everybody's Googling ringworm right now, okay? I don't want to totally pretend that I'm a medical professional, and I know this. But from what I've seen, that seems like a pretty phony excuse, right? Because everyone, if you do a quick Google search, they're like, this, the Equiball, whatever the heck the the thing's called, uh, not exactly something that helps you with ringworm. It's very weird. It's very weird, and it's... I think a little bit of phony excuse. Maybe there's some legalities and kind of weird little gray areas where if he actually says what he was thinking, then maybe there's potential worse punishment. I don't know. But bottom line is everybody's getting tired of the whole, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. It, it slipped in my milk. It slipped on my steak. Uh, I, I, only ha- I had this little ringworm thing and I tried to treat it. And it just so happens that me with my $340 million contract that I didn't check, you know, with a uh, someone with the, the team, with AJ Preller to be like, hey, um, I have this issue. Can I take this thing? I don't really know. And then they can let you know. I'm sure they'd be glad to know. 
But this shows you how fractured I think the relationship is. The fact that they didn't find out. The fact that he didn't reach out and vice versa to figure out what was going on here. And look, he's he's. I imagine Tatis is devastated too. I imagine he cares. But man, you know what I mean? Like I, I saw some people, the rumors that like, hey, maybe he panicked after the motorcycle thing and he maybe didn't want people to know that's why. So he took this thing. Maybe, maybe. Like, that's a very kind of, uh, you know, very giving way of looking at it, whatever the word for that is. Jeez. It stinks, guys. It stinks. It was nice that the Padres went out on Friday night and whooped the Nats behind 10-5, to which was very, very lovely. I appreciated that, the fact that they at least let us drown our sorrows in a 10-5 victory. That was very nice. A game in which Mike Clevenger started five innings, one earned run. So he, he backed up the talk and whatnot, um, which is very nice. They killed Abbott. What's his name? Um, Corey Abbott. Not the not the Texas guy or whatever. Uh, but Brandon Drury, he hit a home run. He's been very good for the team. Soto got some singles. Hassan Kim got some singles. It was still good. And we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the weekend and some developments. But, man, I mean, it just makes you think. He is now moved from one of the most untradeable assets in the game of baseball to I think you at least pick up the phone. That's that that's my vibe. Because bottom line is he also has a huge contract and not necessarily every team in the game could. But like say the Yankees come to me and they say, hey, we'll give you Anthony Volpe, we'll give you Jason Dominguez, we'll give you the, some of these other prospects. I think the Padres at least think about it. That's how bad this situation feels right now for the team. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not all hopeless, all right? You can still bet on the Padres, hopefully making the playoffs, and hopefully going pretty damn far, all right? But maybe you're a naysayer, maybe you're a cynic, and you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to bet against the Padres, which you shouldn't, especially if you're listening to this show. But if you want to do that, guys, go to Bet Online to make those bets, ladies and gentlemen. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events, with the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Obviously, they've got baseball, but they've got NFL. They've got futures for the NFL. NBA stuff is coming out. NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. That's right, even golf. That's great. By the way, go check out, if you can, on like Switch or whatever, uh, What the Golf. It's a fun little game. It's, it's not necessarily you don't have to like golf. It's very silly and very fun, but I recommend that. Anyway, guys, go to bed online mobile device, whatever you want to do. Learn more about the action that's happening. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys. We're going to try and talk a little bit more about the positives that happened from this weekend to try and keep the show a little bit light. I've been ranting a lot today um, for good reason, of course. But let's keep it moving. I mentioned to you 10-5. Uh, victory for the Padres on Friday. That was very cool. Got to D.C. with my friends. We were watching it at the place. We also tuned into the Mets game a little bit, which was very nice. We had, like, multiple TVs going on for Apple TV broadcast. We also had the Mariners game on, which was very cool. It was so fun. Just just guys being dudes, you know what I mean? Ordered a Domino's, you know what I'm saying? We made some carne asada. It was a great night. It was a great night. So that was good. It was nice that the Padres went out and kicked the Nats' butts because they needed to. Let's talk about Saturday's game. In Saturday's game, the Padres lost 4-3 in this one, and I was at the game, and shouts to my guy Josh, 
who uh, was at the game too. He actually tweeted at me and said he was a fan of the show. We got a picture or whatever. You could check it out on my Twitter. So shouts to you, Josh. Thanks so much. And he was happy that I answer his questions and whatnot sometimes on the show. But of course, everybody feel free to ask questions, whatever you want. You can ask me whatever. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to answer. And I love all the feedback that you guys send me. I really appreciate it. So that was very fun and crazy to be like, oh, wow, yeah, people listen to my show. It was one of those moments. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. Um, the Padres lose 4-3. You Darvish wasn't terrible in this game, but he gives up back-to-back homers for what feels like the first time in a while. Honestly, I don't remember a back-to-back home run start for you Darvish in a very long time, let alone this year. I mean, the last bad kind of moment that he had was the San Francisco start or maybe the start against what was it the Dodgers like a couple months ago but six innings four earned runs on seven hits one walk as usual very good with uh, not allowing any free passes and nine strikeouts which is great he looked good for most of the game but then home runs came in it was the let me check really quickly uh, it was the bottom of the six I'm chilling we're vibing and all of a sudden Yadiel Hernandez and Joey Menzies who's actually been really red hot for the Nationals, kind of like their lone bright spot player lately. He homers right after that, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. It stinks because in this game, I got to see a Manny Machado bomb. That was really, really fun. You know how much fun it is watching Manny Machado hit an absolute blast when you're in the upper deck? And you just see, it was, it was lovely. I loved it. Everyone's booing the guy as usual. Um, and then Trent Grisham actually got a home run in this game too. Juan Soto had a single. But the big thing that happened in this game was... Bottom of the seventh, Victor Robles got a single, and Cesar Hernandez um, scored on catcher's interference, basically. It looked like the arm, the throw, everything was good, and that he was out at the plate, but it turns out, apparently, Austin Nola was blocking the lane or whatnot. I'm not going to lie to you guys, this rule is still confusing to me. I kind of get it when I saw it on the replay. It was annoying that the challenge ended up working for them. Obviously, we were robbed, of course. But when I saw when I saw it and I saw the replay, I thought they were just viewing whether or not they tagged him. And I was like, oh, I don't even think he touched the plate. But the whole catcher blocking the plate thing is a little bit weird to me because I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where I don't know what you do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the catcher does, and I also don't know what the runner does in those situations where you're like, well, he literally just got the ball. And I mean, I wonder if outfielders are throwing it to a certain place. And I just, it was weird. I don't know if it was a wrong call or not. It wasn't atrocious if the case was trying to be made that Nola blocked the plate. I get it. It's still weird. You know what I mean? I, I imagine that it must be hard for catchers to get used to it. But close call. I was a little bit annoyed by that. And then the bottom line, though, of course, is that, look, the Padres didn't then come back and score. They needed to. That's unfortunate. Also in this game, Hassan Kim did not um, get a big hit with the bases loaded. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, in the... Was it right after this? I forgot. Was it the bottom? I don't remember. But Hassan Kim doesn't come up clutch with a big hit. Uh, And then the bottom ninth or top of the ninth, the Padres aren't able to come through. So that was really rough. That stunk. Um, It's going to happen. Bottom line is Darvish just gave up some big hits. This is why baseball is unpredictable. I know the Nationals lineup stinks. I know they're one of the worst teams in baseball, but it's okay. Get it out of your system, you. It's fine. The thing that I do want to talk about, though, really quickly about Hassan Kim, with the Fernando Tatis Jr. um, suspension, it is worth pointing out 
on top of all the prospect stuff that I mentioned before, that Hassan Kim has actually been quite effective this year, and I think that we should talk about that more. 2.5 F4 on the season. He's got a WRC plus of about 101 right now. That's not amazing, the WRC plus. He's not an amazing bat, but that combined with the defense makes him a very solid player when you consider all the other positions that the Padres are loaded in. And especially when you consider that Fernando Tatis Jr. should be the starting shortstop, in theory. As a backup kind of guy who just plays really good defense and can even play third sometimes and maybe second, that's fine. Like, I think Hassan Kim has been very solid. So he can hold down the fort, but it's still a big loss when it comes to the offense, obviously. And not to mention, I think Tatis' defense is going to get better, right? I really do. I think that last year was just a weird... He started off really poorly, made a lot of errors. I think he'll be fine uh, in the future, or at least better than he was last year. But it's it's freaking frustrating, right? Like, it's really frustrating to have that where I'm like, I like him. But I don't necessarily know if, if he's a guy where I'm like, I absolutely love that he's the starting shortstop when you know what you could have, right? And that's what's really frustrating. But Hassan Kim does deserve credit. Like I said, 2.5 F4, probably on pace for a three-war season. That's great. As like this backup utility infielder that you didn't even think you were going to have to use for the whole season uh, because you thought your shortstop would be smart and not do anything silly. Um, Sunday's game then happened. It was on the road for the whole game. I had to watch it on my phone. Um, nothing crazy happened in this game in terms of like developments, but the Padres won 6 nothing, and we got a dominant start from Blake Snell, which is the big thing. Uh, really in this game, aside from Will Myers getting a double, which is great. Will Myers being like this bench guy is really fun to me. I, I really love that he's just like the old sage, just in terms of being the one who's been with the Padres the longest. Like, I kind of love the idea that he just gets to chill now, you know? Chill Myers, I guess. Um, he gets one in this game. Machado gets an RBI. Kevin AC pointed out he's been hitting above 300, like 14 for his last like 31 or whatever ever since they added Drury Soto and whatnot kind of has helped him break out of his, you know, slump that he had actually before the trade deadline. So that's been very cool. Um, Will Myers also had another single that drove in a run. Then there's an infield single later on six, nothing. But the big thing in this game is Blake Snell. Like I mentioned six innings, three hits, no earned runs, no walks. That's right. No walks for Blake Snell and 10 strikeouts. Holy crap. Guys, since July 2nd, this guy has been a beast. He's only had one shaky start, and that was at Colorado when he gave up five and three and two-thirds innings. But Blake Snell, he's going five innings, six innings in his starts. He's been dynamite. In fact, he's been so dynamite that over his last five starts, he has a 0.94 ERA. This is a huge development for the Padres because we've talked about Sean Manaya and Blake Snell is why. I am not that freaking out about Shamanaya. Manaya has to be better, obviously. And I think he can be better. He's shown that he can be better. But he's the five right now. And that's what's so great is because Blake Snell has stepped up big time. You have Clevenger, who's been very good. Occasionally a little bit, eh, whatever. But bottom line is he just keeps the runs down, which is really great. You've got Darvish. You've got Musgrove. And now it looks like you're really getting that second half Snell that we saw last year, too. When his strikeout rate went through the roof. He stopped, you know, only going three innings. He focused more on his pitches. The curveball's working a little bit better this year, which is great. I like that he's using three pitches. Snell looks awesome. Uh, this is huge. 
right? So while there are some unfortunate developments going on for the Padres right now, it's going to be huge going forward, especially into next year. If you have Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell, Darvish is going to be older. Though. He's 36, right? He's, he's getting up there in the age. But it's nice to see that, oh, maybe Snell is finally figuring out. I wish he could put it together for a whole season, but he's been so dominant that this guy had like a five ERA at one point. And I, I had, I'm not going to lie, I was basically like, we need to start accepting that this is a bust. 5.6 ERA on June 26th, and he's lowered it to a 3.6. He's been just pretty unbelievable, pretty unbelievable. In fact, July 14th, he had a 5.2 ERA. And then ever since he's brought it down to 3.6, he's been dynamite and deserves a lot of credit. So that is a giant, huge, good development for this Padres team that looks like they have four starters deep that you feel like have been really dominant lately. Musgrove a little bit shaky, I understand, but he'll he'll get back to it. And then you've got Darvish and all these guys. You have a really solid rotation. And Manaya as a five is why I loved that trade at the beginning of the season. I loved it. If he was your three, uh, he's your two. Oh, no. You know what I mean? And then one. Not a chance in heck. But when he's your four or five, that means your pitching's really well off. Um, I understand that the things that could be better. Josh Bell hasn't gotten a little bit... Uh, he's been a little bit cold uh, as of late. Um, not really in terms of hitting the ball. He's been able to draw some walks, but Josh Bell hopefully can do some more. Drury's been awesome. Maybe it could be a guy the Padres could bring back next year, but just to bring it all home, that's a big thing about this. I think the Padres are clearly built to be able to compete next year. Um, especially with that Musgrove extension. But giving up all those assets in the trade for Soto, who is still going to be under contract for another two years, it's also combined with the fact that Drury and Bell are only for the rest of this year, and Manaya and Clevenger are only for the rest of this year. So I think that all of this was geared up for, we're going to super go for it this year, and then next year and hopefully the year after, we're going for it. But this year, because of those four guys that I mentioned, was probably why. You wanted really to go for it. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why it's such a punch in the gut. And the last thing I'll end with is let's be careful not to immediately say anoint Soto as the new face of the Padres and say, give him whatever money. He lo- Look, we got to wait. A lot of money being thrown around, right? And I, I would love if they did that. But even still, these giant, giant deals, the future's uncertain, right? Heading into Friday, we all thought, this guy's heading on his rehab assignments and all that. Can't wait. And then we hear the news. Uh, it stinks, guys. There's there's no way around it. I still think that going forward, this Padres team is very good. I mentioned Hassan Kim. I mentioned the rest of the lineup. I think it's a very good team. But the feeling of knowing that you don't have a top five player in baseball coming back to your team to add on clearly part of this team's plans that's that's a real punch in the gut. So it might help, it might hurt, I should say, for the playoffs. But in terms of making the playoffs, I still think this is a really great team. I really do. I really do. And I think that people shouldn't be discouraged by the team, but more so be discouraged by Tatis himself, if that makes sense. I think you're allowed to separate the two instances a little bit. It's sad. It's really sad. And I imagine that baseball fans around the entire sport are pretty frustrated you know because he's electric to watch so yeah yeah guys that basically wraps it up for today's show where i rumbled and rambled all i possibly could series coming up against the marlins this week and it's actually gonna be uh early games for me which is great 6:40 start on the east coast for me i love that um but i'm actually gonna be uh watching the game on my phone tomorrow but 
We're going to be recapping that series, talking about all sorts of stuff. Marlins, not a great team right now. They're getting their butts kicked in terms of the offense. They cannot hit you. No Jazz Chisholm. I don't even know if Joey Wendell's healthy. They just don't have a very good team. It's pitching that's going to be a thing for them. So hopefully the Padres' bats that they traded so much for can show up in this series. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. The only pot that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Shouts to my guy Josh for saying hi to me at the game. At LO underscore Padres, Locked On Padres on YouTubies. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. You got to stay faithful, guys. Fire faithful homies. Come on, come on.